earth church waiting for you. Come on in. We got some empty seats right here. Let's do this together now. Earth Hallelujah. Come on now. Today we're going to talk about all the different versions of ourselves that are being forced on us from every from every direction. We've got these powerful institutions, these cultural factoids, these blockbuster religions like just coming down upon us. We're supposed to make a choice. Oh, what's behind curtain number one, curtain number two, curtain number three? First of all, there's the politics. Well, now politics has turned into religion. It's not politics at all. It's nothing to discuss. You can't talk about it. You can only believe it. And then start threatening the people that don't believe what you believe. Well, then there's the corporations. This is another version of how, of, of how you live your life. The corporations say, abandon your life and join us in a corporatized consumer society that we, we will call the metaverse, virtual reality. We, in the Church of Stop Shopping, we call it the replacement planet. They believe that the people that can't buy in will just disappear and a, a kind of eternal suburb will emerge. And then, of course, there's the earth, the real world, our physical environment. When we walk outside of our house, away from our screens, we, we take the headphones and put them down on the table and walk out back out into the wind, walk along a river. What is the earth doing? The earth is in motion, changing. Mass migrations, all living things, ecosystems, on the move. Hypoevolution, a hotbed of change. It's the sixth extinction. Something we have triggered with our virtual reality is a new reality that we may not be able to handle. But that's why we're here today together in this church. We're going to ask the earth what to do, and we're going to find out. We're going to find out. The direction to go in with our lives. Are you with me? Somebody give me an earth hallelujah here today. Let's go. This eagle's place is in the sky. She's still got a lot of flying to do You can see it in her eye Though she's cried a bit for what we've put her through She soared above the lifted lamp That guards sweet freedom's door In the dews, the damps, the watchfires of a nation torn by war Oh, she's far too young to die You can see it in her eye She's not yet begun to fly It's time to let the mighty eagle soar once more Let the eagle soar Like she's never soared before from rocky coast to golden shore let the mighty eagle soar soar with healing in her wings 
beneath her sings Only God, no other kings Let the mighty One, release, release, release. Clean release. Ignition. Good rocket motor burn. There's Mach 1 trimming now. Trim complete. Unity is pointed directly up and heading to space. And 60 seconds. And that is a full duration burn, folks. We are headed to space. The pilots are now unlocking the feather and... Um, as soon as we cross the boundary to space, we'll hear a word from our founder, Sir Richard Branson. I was once a child with a dream, looking up to the stars. Now I'm an adult in a spaceship with lots of other wonderful adults looking down to our beautiful, beautiful Earth. To the next generation of dreamers, if we can do this, just imagine what you can do. Hey! And so, you've heard your three choices here at the career fair at the apocalypse. First of all, American politics, which is now a religion, you can soar with the mighty eagle. That was John Ashcroft, the attorney general at the time of George Bush's presidency, singing with that special big vibrato that you hear on Christian radio stations. And then there's the virtual reality world. This is what the corporations like. They want to create a replacement planet. They say that we, if we live in a city and have a computer, we are immersed in 10,000 advertisements every day. That is that second world that is being created. The advertisements are becoming so, so constant. They are an environment. And we let go of the real environment. We let it fill up with concrete and pavement and luxury towers, chain stores. It becomes less and less something that we engage with our senses, with our bodies. It becomes less the earth and more a kind of data economic construct. So it's no, no surprise that the corporations go to an international climate conference at Glasgow, Scotland last November, and they don't have to tell the truth. The truth doesn't even enter the picture. They are surrounded by armies of lobbyists, lawyers, and marketers. And they are hell-bent on creating a reality that didn't exist before. We'll call that virtual reality. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people all over the place talking to beleaguered politicians and people from NGOs, persuading them, well, in November the big con was, we will be clean. We will go to zero carbon emissions by 2050. 2050. And all the corporations had the same agreed-upon press release. Well, that's 28 years away. The sixth extinction has already made it clear 
the change is taking place now. And when we must be true, tell the truth, discover an honesty that has been hard to find with each other, the time to do that is now, people. Can we do that? You know, in the United States, preachers have sucker congregations. And they promise the congregations that they will lift up into a second world, a heaven, by a certain date. And they collect money preparing for this date of ascension. And then that date comes, and there is the congregation standing on the top of a hill with their families, with their kids, with suitcases, standing there waiting to go up into the sky. And then after it gets dark and it's getting cold and the kids are crying, they have to come back down. God must have changed his mind. This is the big lie of the United States. Our culture raises us to be dishonest. Our economy is based on converting nature into wealth. But it's always called something else. And the billionaire brats are up in the sky, Branson and Bezos and Musk, enticing us up into outer space. That is the virtual reality world that the corporation wants us to join some kind of consumer land in, in the sky. Now is the time to find our honesty. And that honesty can be found if we come back down off that hill and join the Earth again. The Earth's extinction is real, it's honest, it's direct, it's tragic possibly. It's exactly what must happen though. We put poisons in the air and now we're getting an honest response. Let's take that lead. The earth is our teacher. Let's find a way to live with this scary thing called life. Somebody, somebody give me an earth hallelujah here today. Hello, welcome to news from the natural world. I'm Savitri D. About 1,000 fin whales, one of the largest animals in the world, were spotted swimming in the same waters where whaling nearly wiped them out a century ago. This large number of whales was gathered five miles wide between the South Orkney Islands and Antarctic Peninsula. Among the fin whales were humpbacks and blue whales. It is thought to be the largest congregation of baleen whales sighted in modern times. The dense collection of yellow petals of a sunflower is a familiar sight, but it's hiding something from the human eye. An ultraviolet bullseye pattern, invisible to humans but not to most insects, including bees. These bullseye patterns have long been known to improve the attractiveness of flowers to pollinators by increasing their visibility. Now researchers have found the same molecules that produce UV patterns in sunflowers are also involved in helping the plant respond to stresses such as drought or extreme temperatures. Studies found that sunflowers growing in drier climates had flowers with larger UV bullseyes and found that those flowers are able to retain water more efficiently. 
This suggests that these larger UV bullseyes help plants adapt to drier environments. The accelerating melting of the Himalayan glaciers threatens the water supply of millions of people who depend on Asia's major river systems for food and energy. These rivers include the Brahmaputra, Ganges, and Indus. Over recent decades, the Himalayan glaciers have lost ice 10 times more quickly over the last few decades than on average since the last major glacial expansion 400 to 700 years ago, a period known as the Little Ice Age. Himalayan glaciers are shrinking far more rapidly than glaciers in other parts of the world, a rate of loss the researchers describe as exceptional. The Himalayan mountain range is home to the world's third largest amount of glacial ice after Antarctica and the Arctic, and is often referred to as the Third Pole. Repeated exposure to major disasters does not make people mentally stronger, a recent study from Texas A&M found. In fact, individuals who have been repeatedly exposed to major disasters actually show a reduction in mental health scores and wellness. The more experience the individuals had with such events, the lower their mental health was. We discovered the reverse of the adage, what does not kill you makes you stronger, said the study's lead author, Garrett Sansom. Researchers have discovered that biofilms, bacterial communities found throughout the living world, are far more advanced than previously believed. Scientists found that biofilm cells are organized in elaborate patterns, a feature that previously only had been associated with higher-level organisms such as plants and animals. Biofilms are prevalent in the living world, inhabiting sewer pipes, kitchen counters, and even the surface of our teeth. A previous research study demonstrated that these biofilms employ sophisticated systems to communicate with one another, while another proved biofilms have a robust capacity for memory. From a biological perspective, the results suggest that the concept of cell patterning during development is far more ancient than previously thought. Apparently, the ability of cells to segment themselves in space and time did not just emerge with plants and vertebrates, but may go back over a billion years. Planetary-scale engineering schemes designed to cool Earth's surface and lessen the impact of global heating are potentially dangerous and should be blocked by governments, more than 60 policy experts and scientists said this week. Even if injecting billions of sulfur particles into the middle atmosphere, so-called solar radiation modification, turned back a critical fraction of the sun's rays as intended, the consequences could outweigh any benefits, they argued in an open letter. Solar geoengineering deployment cannot be governed globally in a fair, inclusive, and effective manner. We therefore call for immediate political action from governments, the United Nations, and other actors to prevent the normalization of solar geoengineering as a climate policy option. Like humans, female dolphins have a functional clitoris. The findings are based on the discovery that the clitoris-like structure positioned in the vaginal entrance of bottlenose dolphins has lots of sensory nerves and erectile bodies. The dolphin clitoris has many features to suggest that it functions to provide pleasure to female dolphins and is in a spot that would make stimulation during copulation likely. There have also been numerous reports of females rubbing each other's clitorises with their snouts, flippers, and flukes. Dolphins are highly social and have sex throughout the year as a way of forging and maintaining social bonds. 
Scientists have discovered that the increasing irrelevance of factual truth in public discourse is part of a groundswell trend that started decades ago. While the current post-truth era has taken many by surprise, the study shows that over the past 40 years, public interest has undergone an accelerating shift from the collective to the individual and from rationality towards emotion. Analyzing language from millions of books, the researchers found that words associated with reasoning, such as determine and conclusion, rose systematically beginning in 1850, while words related to human experience, such as feel and believe, declined. This pattern has reversed over the past 40 years, paralleled by a shift from a collectivistic to an individualistic focus, as reflected by the ratio of singular to plural pronouns, such as I and we. This reversal occurs in fiction as well as nonfiction, and scientists observe the same pattern of change between sentiment and rationality flag words in New York Times articles. Results suggest that the post-truth phenomenon is linked to a historical seesaw in the balance between our two fundamental modes of thinking, reasoning versus intuition. And now, the sounds of extinction, the lowland tapir. The lowland tapir is found throughout a wide geographic range from north-central Colombia and east of the Andes and including most of tropical South America. They occur mostly in tropical lowland rainforest and wetlands, but they can also be found in seasonally dry habitats such as the Chaco of Bolivia and Paraguay. The lowland tapir can be identified by its large stiff mane or crest from forehead to shoulder. They are also known for being strong swimmers with the ability to cross rivers and take to the water to escape predators. They can grow to six feet long and 550 pounds. And when running resemble the galloping of a horse. They have large teeth, perfect for grinding up plants and seeds, and their long prehensile snout is used to reach for leaves and fruits. Lowland tapirs are primarily solitary and shy, grazing and foraging at night and resting or hiding during the day. Lowland tapir populations in South America are at risk of almost complete disappearance. The main long-term threat to their well-being is population isolation, as hunting and highways keep populations away from each other. It can be found in just 1.78% of its original distributional range in the Atlantic forest biome. And hear the sound of the lowland up here. I'd like to send up a gratitude prayer 
to the, I want to call them ancestors, but some of them are walking around right now talking to us, helping us cross the street, helping us put down our iPhones, helping us fly straight up. 20 stories, 30 stories, straight up into the sky, the little highway above us of blue. I want to thank the people who learned how to be witnesses to what was happening in my city, but did it by living participant observers touched, went into, opened the door, followed the line of action, found a way to do it as a participant. Maybe they just used their narcissism as a lubricant to get in, but finally humbled by the life around them, humored by the life around them, taking the risk of being with the life around them. You end up in a bed somewhere, end up on a roof somewhere, end up in a car flying to Connecticut somewhere. I want to thank the living spirits who found a way to participate in what they were watching, to touch. They had to break through even in 1952, even in 1971, even in 1983. They, they had to break through a screen before there were screens. Oh, there was always something else, something, some frame dropped down in front of them by a corporation, by a Puritan, by a government, by a relative. <laughs> Somehow they leapt through that hoop. up in our lives, teaching us. They survived. They died. They lived. They told us all about it.
end of our Earth Church for today. The idea that we are more honest when we're closer to the Earth, that's an old idea. It's an old-fashioned... But, you know, in the setting of our Blade Runner world that we live in, today I, I, I read that the Microsoft company, Bill Gates' company, bought a video gaming company for $70 billion. And the main moneymaker game that they purchased, it's about killing people. People sit at the keypad and they, they have their trackpad there and, they, and they're given a gun on the screen and they kill and kill and kill and kill. And I read a 3,000 word article in the New York Times about this and the morals, the good or the bad of this whole thing, not even mentioned. All I can say is, it makes me want to take a walk in the wood. And I hope that each and every one of you out there in the Earth Church, I hope that you go to your favorite place on this Earth and you go there and walk and walk and sing and dream. Let the Earth come into you. I know that in, in, the, in the case of myself and the singers in the Church of Stop Shopping, we are given something by the Earth that is more powerful than courage for our activism. And I want to thank even John Ashcroft for his Mighty Eagle song. It's sentimental patriotism, but, you know, he meant it. Richard Branson, Sir Richard, in his ridiculous speech from outer space that costs so much money per second. The Earth's lightning and thunder interrupted that, and we thank you, the Earth. Savitri D, the news from the natural world. Jason Candler and Brendan Burke and myself are the fiery eagles of justice. And we gave you that piece, Participant Observer, which we thought had something to do with that theme of praxis, of doing the task, doing the work with your body, and that, that will re result in helping other people in a very direct way. Laura Newman and Nehemiah Luckett worked with myself again on that Promised Land song. It kind of lays out it's kind of the manifesto of our church. And now I'd like to announce that in a few weeks, February 11th, Friday, we are relaunching, reinventing, rebirthing this radio show, podcast show, as a new name, House of the Sixth Extinction, with, of course, Reverend Billy and Salvatore D. We hope you stick with us, come to the Earth Church again and again, and have a great week. Somebody give me an Earth Hallelujah here today. Hallelujah.